Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. It's episode 84. I'm your host tonight, Lucas Muller, and I am joined by Cindy. Cindy, how are you today? I am doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, We have so much to talk about. We recorded less than a week ago, and we're back recording late on a Thursday night um, because this offseason has not been a quiet one. This might be the most eventful one week in Utah Royals history since like they first started making player signings in that first offseason before they joined the league. Yes, which is funny because I think maybe as the new year started, I was thinking, wow, it's been a pretty I mean, there's been some news, you know, in the offseason the last year, but man, this was the week for them to just be like, okay, let's make things happen. Um, which is insane because part of me was like, I had like a lot of days off two weeks ago. Y'all could have broken all these mm-hmm. news. <laughs> and uh, now I'm back to work, like normal full-time hours, and all this is happening. So, Yeah, I really feel like they're not being as considerate of our schedules as they could be, should be, maybe. Uh, oh, so I agree. We should, we should angry tweet at them. <laughs> I actually thought about it. I was like, really, NWSL? You picked the week that all of America goes back to work to do this? <laughs> yeah. I mean – Maybe they're saving the most exciting moves for, you know, for the weekend when people have time to to be excited. We'll see. Probably. Um, but yeah, on the news front, uh the the team officially announced that uh they had parted ways with Laura Harvey. Um it sounded like a very amicable parting. Um just from the socials, they had a lot of very positive things to say about Laura. She had a lot of positive things to say about the Royals and her experience. Um, and yeah, Scott Parkinson, who is, I, I really like Scott. Every interaction I've had with him has been super positive and going to training. He's always really involved, very vocal, and he seems to have a really good rapport uh, with the players. Um, so Scott has moved into the interim head coach role. Um, Cindy, do you think that is a sign that he will get the full-time job kind of the way we saw Freddie Juarez being interim and then head coach in the in the RSL side. Yeah, I think so. I think even just um, maybe even just Harvey's endorsal of him, um, you know, when she departed and and kind of just gave, you know, tweeted. Um, I think he may have that endorsement, and um, like I said, it's so close to the preseason. You know, things rolling for the preseason. It I know we're kind of in this off-season mode, but it it is kind of like, you know, someone stepped down in the middle of the season where your assistants are, like, taking over now. I kind of get that feeling. Um, we're so close to the season. I mean, the college draft is a month away, and then the preseason starts in a month or so. So um, yeah. I, I, I think that's who it could be, and with, like, probably Amy LaPelvid as his, like, assistant um yeah what do you kind of get that sense as well i yeah i i absolutely do um i mean if it if we're judging just by off you know internal hires um you know lapel usually isn't with the bench during game she's she's usually um 
either in the press box or like a private box um, and observing from up there, which might be, you know, might be to get her eyes in the game tactically because it's a lot easier to read the game as a whole when you're higher up than when you're right in the field. Um, But when I'm in practice, it does feel like, uh, it feels like a lot of times Scott is more vocal than than even Laura, who is also like very vocal. But she would kind of take an approach of sometimes she'd be quiet and just kind of watch and observe. And Scott would kind of run trainings um, with like Jason, the goalkeeper coach, working with like Abby and Barney and um, the third string keeper, whose name I always forget. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think their interactions were probably meant to, um, you know, like I, I would guess that she's supportive of him taking the job, but that is just purely an outside observation. They, they always seemed like they were very tight, worked really well together. Um, and it would make sense, but you know, kind of like we talked about last week, I think you should bring in at least a few outside candidates and just, interview them doesn't hurt to have that conversation and kind of see what what else is out there and it sounds like from that press release that um they did have a list of potential replacements and yeah. it could very well be you know that scott and lapelbit are in the running but um and they probably do have any outsiders i just i can't i cannot think of anybody better at this point to take over the team than the people who have been so closely tied to the organization and the team within the past two years. And then especially leading into, you know, this upcoming season. So yeah, I haven't, you know, we have like no deep sources of who it is, but just the way things are going and things have kind of transpired even with the RSL organization of staying internal. It could very well be Scott Parkinson who leads um, the team into 2020. And yeah, like, I mean, to the, yeah, it does seem like he, he's, he's good. He's, he's, he knows his soccer. Um, So I'm, I'm excited to just have a chance. I did reach out to him, um, last week when everything happened I think earlier this week actually and you know once things kind of quiet down he said in a week or two that he was gonna um, talk to us and um, so we could be hearing from Scott Parkinson on the show in the next you know week or two so that'd be really cool that would be cool I think the only other obvious candidate would be Phil Neville because he's done such a great (laughs) job he's really earned that yeah I could see that (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh dear um, so yeah, Scott Parkinson now leading the head coach. Um, I don't know, Lucas, have you kind of, it's kind of weird to me, even it's so weird because I've gotten so used to Laura the past two years that, mm-hmm. um, even just kind of writing the round table, which was a massive round table between Stockton and I, uh, for that, <laughs> <laughs> for that article. But, um, it's kind of surreal that it's not Harvey, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it will be strange. Uh, like, my time with RSL Soapbox has been really um, 
Mike Petke and Laura Harvey are like the two coaches that I know, um, you know, wrote a ton about. Like when I first started, Jeff Gassar was the head coach. And like the f- third or fourth story I wrote was um, one that we never published about the potential of Kyle Beckerman replacing him. And, uh, you know, we got Mike Petke instead. Um, it, it's going to be super fascinating for me, I think just personally going into the season, doing media stuff and, um, you know, it'll be Freddie who I've interacted with some, uh, for the RSL side and on the Royal side, like maybe Scott, maybe someone completely new who, you know, who we don't know, we're not familiar with. Um, but I think, yeah, it'll be kind of sad to not have her there. I think she was, is a really incredible coach. She seems like a really fantastic human being that her players love. It's, you know, it feels like her team through and through. So yeah, it's definitely a little bit sad to see, see that change. For sure. And I mean, that's, it's been a very Laura Harvey, Utah Royals FC bringing in experienced international players. Um, we got to see a little bit of that development with the younger draftees and younger players, but um, yeah, same. It'll just feel weird, but should they keep Parkinson? I think things will kind of be the same a little bit. I don't know. I hear Parkinson, uh, am I saying it right? Yeah. Parkinson mm-hmm. had a mental break. Um, he is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's his it sounds like It sounds like you just said Parkinson had a mental break. <laughs> Which, listeners, uh, we have not heard that. I think that was just, uh, yeah. He did not. He not, I'm sure he's fine mentally. Um, <laughs> um, I do hear he is an Everton fan, so I don't know. Will we see mm. Everton-style coaching? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not. They're a mess. Uh, I did go to a game when I was in England at Everton, Uh and it was funny because everyone talked like Scott, mm. you know, like he's like, he always goes like, he talks like Lara is how, and everyone like had that same, uh, it's not Cockney. What's it called? Like the Scouse accent. I have no idea. Yeah. I think Scouse is what they call it. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone sounded like him. I was like, well, yeah. you are in that part of the world. <laughs> Crazy how that works. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, so that that would be would be interesting. Yeah, kind of crazy new era for Utah Royals FC. Um, it's official. Laura Harvey is not with the U.S. Soccer Youth System. Um, and I was just thinking about her. This was definitely a way for her to get that international coaching resume part build up. But um, you know, if she does, and Phil Neville loses his job. I would not be surprised if Harvey takes the uh, England head coaching job because she'd be really good at that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the question of if the, is, is this a, like a step down from a club coaching job? Um, it's, it's really hard to say, but it definitely pads her resume because everyone knows that she's a solid club coach. Um and now she'll have some some more. She has certainly has a little bit, but more international experience to the point where, 
you know, if Flacco steps down, if um, Philip Neville is fired, which maybe should happen, uh, like she's definitely a front runner for both of those jobs. Um, whereas, you know, if she's in the middle of a busy club season and that's when those um, firings happen, like it, it's bec- that becomes a little bit more difficult to ha- to for her to get hired on. And I think that, you know, she left the reign before the Royals were announced as a team because she was planning to work for U.S. soccer. Um, I think that's where her heart is, is, is international soccer. For sure. I mean, it's a stepping stone to be, you know, to, to be able to get to that international stage because um, not just from a monetary perspective, but, you know, that's really how you build a lot of your, I mean, outside of, England and Canada and, and the U.S., you know, Laura Harvey, a lot of people don't know who she is, you know, whereas a lot of people probably know who Joe Ellis is because she led the U.S. national team to two World Cup titles, you know. Who? So <laughs> that lady who. Uh, you're a hero. You're a hero. Some, no. Somebody. I feel like there's been so many jokes about. Oh, we talked about it last week where. Um, some fake account was like Joe Ellis is going to coach. The oh team. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be, imagine that. Mm. I would, would be so, yeah. I would be very curious about how that would go. Yeah. I would. Do you know what, it. do you have an idea what her college record was like? She must've been good. Uh, uh, Ellis. Yeah. I don't know because she's been with the national team, uh, Eight? For like a long time, she, long. She's, I yeah. mean, yeah. she was an assistant uh, before she took over the head coaching job. Oh, okay. Maybe she was a college coach before that. I know she coached college. Okay. At some point. I don't know. Where I should ask Alexa, but she's upstairs. Um, um, she was at UCLA from '99 to 2010. Oh wow. Uh, the U21s from. Oh, in 2000 and 2005. And then, yeah, did some youth stuff, was an interim uh, assistant 2011 and 2012, interim in 2012 and 2014, and then that coach. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, crazy, crazy changes. Um, But not, I mean, I think as long as we don't lose Kristen Press, we'll be okay. That's my theory on that. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, we have a question kind of around that from Ooh. a listener, so we can uh, wait for that. Sort of related, Ooh. but yeah, I I have some thoughts. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, more Utah Royals FC news happened this week. If the Harvey news were not enough. Erica Timrak announced her retirement after seven seasons in the NWSL. Um, She was Rookie of the Year in 2013. She won two NWSL championships with FC Kansas City. So, I mean, she leaves pretty accomplished. Um, And then at the same time, there's some, I mean, like, what's going to happen to the Rethink podcast? Which, I mean, that's my biggest concern because I yeah. really genuinely <laughs> like that podcast a lot. Mm. Maybe somebody else w- 
on the team with, that starts with letter R? Hmm. Rach? Uh, the, wait, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Hold on. I know what wouldn't I said. We, wouldn't we need an E? Yeah, he. <laughs> I don't think there's another E. Maybe if they bring back Elise Thorsness. <laughs> we really need this move to happen for one very specific reason. Oh, man. Yeah, they're going to have to figure that one out. Or maybe it was a one-season, one-hit wonder. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I feel like maybe her and uh, uh, Natum from uh, RSL could team up mm. and do a pretty fantastic podcast. Mm-hmm. I actually would love if it was Rachel and Kelly O'Hara because they have such great chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a really good one. So maybe the Rothunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. I wonder if Kelly would. She's so like good at that kind of thing. Uh, I know. But I can't. Her time seems pretty high in demand. I wonder if she would choose to spend it that way. Hmm. Yeah, not that not that the captain of the Scottish national team's time isn't important, but you know. <laughs> so maybe we should tweet them and be like, "How are you going to replace this? What are you going to do? We need to know. This is important." Or maybe they'll just do what what we do and all be remote. <laughs> there you go. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So yeah, Tim Rack announces her retirement. Um. I wasn't surprised. I think um, her minutes really diminished in 2018. Um, you know, she got married in the off season. I think her husband works with the NBA, so um, mm-hmm. maybe it was just, it was just time. You know, she's you know at some point. You know, you think that soccer is everything, but for some of these players, you know, there is life after soccer, and so. Yeah. yeah. I I I guess I feel like it's fine. It she I think is, is um, she's like a good personality on the team and she is definitely a skilled player. I don't think we quite saw the production that like her early years in the Indebusel quite promised. Um and I wonder if that plays into this decision of you know, you were the rookie of the year in the like initial season of the league. And then, you know, in the last few years have been kind of a bench player. Like that can't, that can't really be what you wanted from your professional career. And the money is not so good that you're like, well, I'm going to stick around for the paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I, yeah. And, she had a great career. I mean, seven seasons, championships. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we obviously wish Erica the best. I believe she was on the, the show a few, I think about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that Virtue just really enjoyed talking to. So, yeah, all the best to Erica Tamrak. Yeah. Well, um, on a very similar note, uh, Katie Stangle was um, – Traded to the Houston Dash. Um, so she goes to the Dash in exchange for two draft picks, which is surprising. Um, so, yeah, uh, Utah Royals FC acquire a second round pick uh, 
in this year, so the 2020 uh, college draft, and a second-round pick in the 2021 college draft in exchange for Katie Stengel, um, and a third-round pick in 2020. And I, so I, I believe that that third-round pick goes to Houston um, along with uh, Stengel. And so that feels like... I don't know. I, I think Katie Stengel's production certainly dropped off. Like, obviously, she was the Golden Boot winner um, last season and then had one or two goals this year, maybe. Last year, I suppose, 2019 season. Um, do you think that that trade makes sense for the team? I do, actually. Actually, Stengel was one of the players that I was um, – kind of predicted that maybe Utah would not keep um I guess like we said her production dropped significantly and I I my from my perspective I do think that it, it was a good move for Utah um yeah I just I know she was a fan favorite and when somebody's around a team for two seasons and, you know, has that personality that Katie Stengel does. I could see why some people are, are shocked and surprised, but from a performance perspective, I, I think it was time and I think Utah needs to move. I've been advocating for this, that we need speed, speed up front. And I just don't think Stengel was that player um, that you want to, you know, have in your attacking you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, um, yeah, not particularly fast for sure. Um, I mean, there were moments where she could finish really well. Um, but then there's also certainly times where you kind of expect her to be that, um, hold up player that kind of center forward that can like have their back to goal and she would have the ball and just have it picked off her feet immediately. And that those moments were really frustrating and I think – I feel like fans in Utah um, really don't like when players leave teams. Like you saw it with um, uh, Gordon Hayward when he was like maybe going to stay, maybe go to Boston and end up going to Boston. Um, like it felt like – I mean there were billboards around town that said stayward, trying to get him to not leave. Um And in a league that is growing and trying to be competitive, you know, like you, you gotta be a little bit cutthroat of if a player is not productive, like they can't take a roster space. Like it's the salary is too lean to, um, you know, to be able to like afford a player, um, if they're not producing. And we just didn't really see that, uh, this past season. Um, I think some of that is because of the there was a formation shift with we'd see press and a rod up front and more of like a um yeah kind of a two up front and not really a system where she was going to supplant either of those and like that's okay i think it's fair like if you are a fan of stingle to feel disappointed about that um but a second round draft picked in the nw cell like unlike mls is actually pretty valuable 
Um, and you can find some really good talent that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a good point right there that, um, Utah had such their draft picks were later, um, that, I mean, and not to say that there isn't like talent in the later rounds, but you know, there is going to be the more, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, known players like at the beginning of a draft that's chosen so i i think overall it's a good move so yeah so with that like i said if we did not have enough of news already um they just the news just kept on coming um yeah so that's all the news about um as far as we know of the exodus from the utah Royals so far (laughs) There might be a few more that leave, but we'll mm. see. Lucas, there is no such thing. <laughs> Sorry. JK. Um, so no more Exodus. So we got to bring people in. Um, and one of those was Taylor Leach. She's a 27-year-old center back who last played in Sweden. Um, Yeah. So we're going overseas to pick up players. What does this mean for Gabby Vincent? Hmm. Yeah, I think it might mean that she gets bumped down a spot. I hmm. spent um, probably 15 minutes trying to find some meaningful footage of Taylor Leach playing um, and really couldn't find anything. There's some things from her college days Um and there was like an interview where she talked about she tore her ACL once in high school and once her freshman year of college. And it was really difficult when she was in college. Um, but I just don't have any sense of what kind of player she is. Um, I probably could have tried to dig through the the Swedish league's website or something to find some more footage. But, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that she's going to be a depth player. Um, and the team probably doesn't want to lit, like end up in the situation they were in this season where you have Samantha Johnson wanting to retire in the middle of a World Cup year where you have, you know, your two starting center backs um, with the U.S. and with Scotland. And that means that you've got you've got a player who doesn't want to continue to play, agree to stay through the summer and you have to sign, um, you know, uh, someone who came in on a trial who wasn't even drafted in the college draft. Um, and I think that worked out really well. Um, I think Samantha Johnson did, you know, a, a pretty solid job. She would be starting at most end of cell teams. And Gabby Vincent was very much a, a great find. Um, and I'm glad that she's on the team, um, even though she should not be starting over Sauerbrunn or um, uh, Corsi, but um, you know, there's a there's a the Olympics this summer, and I think it's important to have some depth depth uh, in that position. Yeah, hmm. Yeah, we we can you know talk about what the signings kind of mean, but um, yeah. Yeah, and so that wasn't the only signing. Another one came uh, right around that same time. Um, 
the team signed uh, Chesley Struther. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, but she's 25. She is um, an American who also last played in Sweden, had spent some time playing in Iceland before that, um, When was even briefly a uh, practice player for the Dash right after college. She was a uni- University of Texas at Tyler grad. Um, don't really know anything about their soccer program, but um, I don't know. Are you familiar with that school? You're from Texas. No, which actually when I initially saw the uh, the press release, I was like, University of Texas? And then it said some little city, and I'm like, huh, never heard of it. But Texas <laughs> is big. <laughs> it's a big state. Yeah, that's what I hear. You miss things. <laughs> um, no, I've never heard of it. Um, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard criticism that signing of, you know, like she wasn't, she didn't even make it at the dash. And that is true. Um, however, that was, you know, several years ago and she's played, you know, first team professional minutes uh, in two different countries since. So hopefully, you know, whatever the dash felt she was lacking, she's matured in as a player since. Um, yeah. So what are your takes on like these two signings overall? Good moves, bad moves. Um, I'm a little confused, to be honest. I think, I I don't think, I don't think they're bad signings. Um, I've never seen these players play, obviously. And, you know, I, you know, that's, that's my main thing is I, it's kind of hard to make just any kind of uh, analysis (laughs) off somebody you've never seen played. It's a lot of, a lot of the hype that we know is from the press releases we get, but they're odd and I'm a little confused. And what we talked about, they're meant to add depth to the roster. It's going to be very competitive because, you know, you have all these signings. doesn't mean everyone's going to make the team, but you know, I, I, I think it's, I think my main confusion is there's so many, like the player pool in the NWSO is big. Why are we not going after players who have experience in the league, who are out there, who are trying to elevate their game? Um, like the league, like why do we have to go outside of it? I, I would expect for them to go outside if it was, if it was a bigger name, you know, like say, I don't know, what's that girl's name? Not that girl. The, she plays for the Netherlands. She, she's with Arsenal now. Oh, gosh, you think I would know this? Yeah, Vivian, I tried to block out Arsenal Vivian. players. <laughs> uh, okay, people. I know. I'm probably – I deserve to be fired. I believe <laughs> Vivian Medima. I could be wrong. But you know what I'm talking about, you know? Or like a Wendy Renard, you know, these yeah. things. Big, uh, Sam Kerr, bring her back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her royal sign, Sam Kerr from Chelsea. That would be just so great. I would it be okay with that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be signing players from overseas, we now have, you know, allocation money and some. Yeah. Why, why are you, these players? I'm just a little confused. Well, so I. 
I think I feel better about these moves than you might or Virtua when when we were all chatting about it. Um, because I don't think that these are meant to be our bigger signings. Like, like I guess in my mind, you have like big signings. Um, like Kristen, I guess, yeah, our active U.S. women's national team players. And then you have like the tier just below, which is like Desiree Scott, Vera Baquete, um, A-Rod, I think at this point kind of fits that. Um, and I think these are maybe not even meant to, you know, to be starting players, whereas like the players you're talking about from overseas are should should be players that would come onto a team and take a starting spot really in almost in any NWSL team. And I I wonder if, I mean, I know the Olympics is significantly shorter than the world cup was, but if there is a sense of, we need to be prepared for that and have better depth than the depth we currently have. Um, because the two players, you know, that have, have left the team weren't always starting uh, in that. I mean, Tim Rack and Stengel. And so maybe these players are not meant to be starters, but um, like are meant to add a little bit, a little bit more competitive um, or competition, like in that 18. But again, like without having watched him play, it's hard to say. Exactly. And that's the main thing. And I think Virtue even made the point that, you know, Elise Thorsness was hyped as like this like major player. Um, and, you know, we saw what that what happened there. Um, I just think that, the, you know, I know that Kristen Press was in Sweden, but, you know, Kristen Press can, you know, play in my backyard and I'd be totally amazed anyway um <laughs> but that would be amazing for a couple of reasons um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean like I I just the talent is is here and yeah I get it but yeah I don't know I'm still confused yeah I mean I think we're gonna have to it depends on what what other standings come, who who else leaves and who else like comes into the team. Because if these are the big signings, then that's honestly disappointing. If these are smart um, depth pieces that they can get, you know, maybe at a cheaper rate than they would have, um, than they would have gotten, you know, had they been on an, in, on another NWSL roster, then that's probably smart business. But it feels like it's too soon to really, to really know. That's true. So I guess wait and see, you know? Yep. Yeah. So with that, um, what other moves, potential moves could we see in this off season? I don't know. Lucas, you know something? I mean, uh, <laughs> I have speculation <laughs> when I Tell say, us. Yeah, know something. I, I haven't been told anything, but, you know, players like Matheson and Laddish, who spent, mm. you know, a good chunk of last season, if not all, um, injured, very well might be gone. Um, mm. And that's, like, too bad because those are both very talented players. But if we're talking about, you know, it's a lean roster, you can't 
you can't have players that are just perpetually injured on the team. Um, yeah, so I think we could definitely see some like turnover with them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think about like a player like uh, Taylor Lytle? Do you think she returns? I believe she is scheduled to. She did resign. Um, yeah. So um, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't, I think, and I think a lot of the retention from the 2019 roster was probably in preparation for the potential expansion that never happened. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We could see a big signing. We could see a big trade um, at this point. It wouldn't shock me that, you know, they try to go after Sam Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, interesting point about Matheson um, and Laddish. I, my theory is if Diana Matheson is not allocated by the Canadian Federation, um, it would be really hard that she makes a return, you know? Yeah, I very much agree with that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if she is, she's probably still under contract. Yes, yes. So, you know, I think Utah has to make that announcement that the currently these are the allocated players and they'll return. But they don't mm-hmm. know until these federations make that list public. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, and Matheson is 35. Um you know, that's a big injury to come back from at that late of a stage in your playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm curious if, yeah, it kind of feels like it's all up to Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Eh? Eh. Anyway, <laughs> before we get like picked yeah. on for, I hopefully nobody in Canada listens. <laughs> I hope we have Canadian <laughs> listeners. Hi, Canada. Hi. You know, um, ever since I watched South Park, the movie. <laughs> Blame Canada. Yeah, yeah. That song just comes into my head. Yep. Yep. And then like how their heads just like flapped. <laughs> yeah. So weird. I wonder why. Why that creative choice? I don't know. But it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on potential moves? No, I got nothing. Okay. Well, in other um, Utah Royals no- news, um, someone described the new kit to me. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. And I'm unsure if they had seen it or if they had someone describe it to them who had seen it. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't like, I don't want to say too much, but it sounded really, it sounds, it, yeah, very different from the home kit. So this, this is what's happening. We're <gasps> getting, getting a new home kit. The away kit <gasps> is staying the same. Yep. I believe the Jersey sponsor is changing, which is why you can buy both the current home and the current away, which is set to be around for another season mm-hmm. for only $30 at like on the team's website or team store. Um, yeah, but the new one sounds really cool. Um, 
super okay. different. I feel a little uh, nervous, but also excited. Oh, are you going to tell us about it or are you just hyping it? I'm just hyping it because I don't want to like <laughs> burn bridges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. But yeah, um, it's going to be have more blue. Ooh. So that a, should be interesting. A blue kit? I didn't say blue, just more oh, blue. Just more blue. <laughs> yeah. And some other interesting details. Oh, so like a crown somewhere. Maybe. It's hard and to like, say. And like a sponsor somewhere. Yeah, probably. I'm I'm curious what happens with Lifetime if they – they're still on like the jerseys. Are they going to stay a kit sponsor, a sleeve sponsor, whatever they are? I don't know. I thought they're uh, – I thought there was only a three-year deal and so – they might get the boot, and maybe Budweiser will be on the sleeve. That's what I said, and I would love that. That would be That'd... amazing. Oh, I, I went keep... to Lifetime.com. I wanted uh, NWSLsoccer.com. <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to have a Budweiser beer and like tweet it and be like, I'm drinking this because they're supporting mm. the NWSL. Mm. I just haven't thought to do that every time I like am out and mm. have a drink. Okay, okay. Maybe. But I want them to know that I support their support. So, you know, go Budweiser. Go Budweiser. What's up and all that. <laughs> uh, which is actually very endorsed by my friend, Becky Sauerbrunn, um, because she's from St. Louis. And so if Becky likes it, I will love it too. Well, that's funny because one of my good friends out here is from St. Louis. And he talks about growing up half the half the like dads on his street worked for Budweiser and would get like a case a week or something. So there was always a ton mm. of Budweiser and he still likes it, which is yeah. great for him. Yeah. My, my dad likes Bud Light. So does and my dad. I think, yeah, it's a dad I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's like a generational thing where, you know, millennials and the, the next kids are, um, more like craft beer kids. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I remember when I was like in college, if my dad would come to Portland, um, <laughs> I would specifically take him to places that did not serve Bud Light. <laughs> drink better <laughs> beer. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So, the, yeah. The 2020 college draft is coming That's, up. It is coming up. Um, how excited are you on a scale from one to 10 for this draft? I am so excited to just get no work done that day because I'll be on my phone and I might lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thursday at 9am. I need to see if I have any meetings or can I have like an earbud in and kind of have them in the background? I know. I know. Um, which typically that's, I can have the earbuds, but there will be distractions. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like these should be done on a weekend so maybe people with jobs can go to and maybe somewhere a little bit more, you know, I don't know if I would want to go to Baltimore in January, you know, but if they like had it in like say California, that'd be worth, yeah. that'd be worth the trip. Or they could do it in Park City, people could ski, it would make, a <laughs> whole, make a whole thing of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it's um, Thursday, January 16th at 9 a.m. Um, our time. It'll be streamed on 
the league's Facebook and YouTube pages. Um, there are two Utah connections um, for players in the draft. Um, uh, so Holly Gerda, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not. I feel like probably not. Um, she's from Salt Lake City. And then um, Carly Nelson is from uh, Linden. Um, so they're they're both eligible in the draft. Um, both played for uh, the University of Utah. Um, Holly is a defender slash midfielder. And um, Carly is a keeper. So that's exciting. It'll be kind of fun to see if they get selected, um, where they end up. Uh, yeah. So I kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, what happens with them. Um, now with that, uh, Stingle trade, I think this is taken into account. Utah have, um, their first pick is in the second round. Um, so they have the 12th overall pick, um, which isn't, which isn't bad. Um, and then they have a, the 31st pick, which is in the fourth round. And we, uh, it's, yeah, I guess um, Stephanie Lee probably is making those calls like mm. with the coaching staff as it is now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Stephanie Lee and obviously Parkinson will be there. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good. Um, number one draft pick does seem to be somebody out of Stanford. I believe Sophia Smith. Um, I don't know. I am really terrible. How how was Stanford this year? They were good. (laughs) They won. Oh, you knew. Okay. (laughs) I was about to go on my knowledgeable thing of like the thing I saw on Twitter. Like they won. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Kelly O'Hara's uh, college that she went to, mm-hmm. and Kristen Press. So, yeah, yeah. And so. there's wait, let me find no. my notes from that week because there's like a whole list of people who went there. That's pretty incredible. Nicole Barnhart. Yeah, that was it, Barney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And others, we will say. <laughs> and others. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got a fantastic program they do they do yeah should be good we'll we'll do our our coverage on soapbox obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah well um outside the draft there have been some draft related but exciting moves so um emily sonnet um uh, was traded to Orlando, so were the rights to uh, Caitlin Ford. Uh, sounds like she might be going to England, but um, uh, Portland got a number one, uh, the number one draft pick uh, in exchange for a sonnet, um, which is interest interesting to me. I mean, it seems like the the idea there is you think whoever the top college player is going to be better than Emily Sonnet um, and Sonnet. You know, is a regular for the U.S. Women's National Team. Do you think that's a good move for Portland? I think so. I think Portland, from what I've heard, is they're trying to be they're trying to they're trying to be relevant again. They're trying to be competitive. Um, 
kind of take it to North Carolina. North Carolina is a team to beat. Everyone's building to beat North Carolina. Um, last season, you know, Portland lost in the semifinals. So I think it was, I think it was really, I think it was a good move for Orlando for sure. Um, the yeah. only thing I, I am disappointed about is that it takes a little bit off the Portland Utah rivalry because Sonnet and A Rod, that would have been fun again in 2020. I know. I'm curious how that game would have gone. I know. Because now that she's with Orlando, you know, it takes out some of the some of the heat. Yeah, like I'm like, well, we're just it's just I don't know. I feel like that was that was like the rivalry settle. It's gonna happen. <laughs> but now Sonnet's in Orlando, so you know. You know. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Um, and she gets to play with still, I mean, Orlando is still pretty solid on the international stage. They just need to get their coaching strategy settled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they've got more problems probably than just that. But like Orlando is one of those, un, like on both sides, men and women, they just, they have talent. They have some really big name players and then they're just kind of garbage teams unfortunately (laughs) like and even even their stadium their state like really seemed fantastic and Mm. then it's just not a good product on the field yeah i mean come on if you have universal studios you should be winning i think that's the problem is they're going at harry potter world way too much Mm. and they're falling apart on the field probably too much better be yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So if you thought Utah had a busy week, the whole league had a busy week. So with that, uh, so along, did you say that Sonnet? So it wasn't just Sonnet, it was Mitch Purse, right? Is that who you said? Mental uh, block. Caitlin Ford, right? So Her Portland right? traded. No, so they traded Sonnet and Midge Purse. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's try this again. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, there was another trade. Kelly. Kelly. Oh, help me out with this name. Oh, hi. I'm going to oh, get in trouble for Cleo, this. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Casey okay. used, used to play with her a little bit in ODP. Oh, yeah. What? I was like, I JJ Watt's going to come after me for not pronouncing her name right. Yeah, don't mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool i i don't know if you followed that but oh i did i loved it it, it was it's just like hello for those of you that don't know um uh the local like a local news station in i think houston said you know jj watts fiance uh gets traded to um chicago red stars and didn't mention um ohio by name and he like put them on blast and like quote tweeted them. And it was like a couple days later, they finally like responded to him and apologized and said that, <laughs> that was not, yeah, was not a good way to handle it. Um, but it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Anyway. People, yeah. 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 No, it was, it was pretty great. Um, so Ohio was traded to the Chicago red stars and Katie Naughton went to um, Houston. So there was a trade between Houston and Chicago. And then there was the uh, 
trade between like Portland and Sky Blue and Orlando. And now Rocky Rodriguez is with Portland Thorns, which I think is actually a pretty good grab for Portland. Um, Rocky Rodriguez was with, what's it called? Sky Blue FC. Why is everyone so loud upstairs? Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear that? Um, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> People. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Rocky Rodriguez is now with Portland Thorns. Mitch Purse is with Sky Blue FC. Um, so it looks like Sky Blue FC is going to be. I mean, all these teams are. And that's what I'm like worried about. You have all these teams in the NWSL making actual trade moves. And Utah's like, let's go to Sweden. <laughs> uh, we got two draft picks. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, I guess if we're basing success off of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know no, I mean. you're right. Like a shakeup, you know, some kind of shakeup would be good. Um, we haven't really, really seen anything like that since... Like press came in, right? No, I don't think I mean, we did I mean, anything like similar to that last off season. I mean, Vero was a signing. Yeah, we had uh, a signing, but it's not like we traded anyone within the league. No, like I think LB. Mm, that was was that last year? Well, that was last summer. That was she. She went that, to uh, Chicago in the move that brought Press and Johnson in, oh. right? Well, that was 2018. Right. I'm saying that's the last time we've like oh. traded someone within the league was the summer of 2018. Yes. Yes. You're which right. Which is kind that. of crazy. I know. So not really making moves there that are. Anyway, maybe mm-hmm. they'll come tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I mean, it, it absolutely could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It could. The way this week is going. So yeah, trades upon trades, and that's so far it. Apparently, there may be more tomorrow. Oh, another big one that we didn't really like touch on was Amanda Duffy resigned oh, as yeah. the yeah as the NWSL president, and now she's going to be working with Emily Sonnet. With Emily Sonnet. She's set to become the manager, managing director of operations. I'm sorry. Let me start that over. Blah. She's going to work in the front office for Orlando Pride and hang out with Emily Sonnet. So um, so now not only does the league not have a commissioner, they don't have a president. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Probably fine. Probably nothing to worry about. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, Whoops. I I don't know what to make of that. It it seems I mean it feels almost reminiscent of like Laura's move to the U twenties with the US national team of like is that a step down? Because it kind of seems like, you know, running a league versus running a club is a step down, but you know, 
Orlando might have made her a really good deal um, that she didn't want to say no to. Uh, and maybe that's just where, you know, what she's passionate about. But it does feel like the NWSL as a league has some pretty significant problems. And this feels like it's not an improvement. Yeah, it's 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 like the MLS commissioner, you know, yeah. moving to a work in a club team. So very very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what's up with that. So I hear that the league is actually going to look for a commissioner, but we've heard that for the past three years. So who knows at this point? Um, so now. I'm curious as to what happens. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our NWSL roundup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um so the last thing we have to tackle for uh this show is listener questions and we got a lot of great ones this week. So um Cindy, do you want to kick us off with a question from a dear friend? Oh, a dear friend. Sure. I forgot to hit my unmute button. Uh-huh. All right. So Stockton asks, if you could say anything to those who were traded away, retire, what would you say? Lucas? <laughs> Thank you, next. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's super mean. Um, I would say... Uh, well, now this is going to sound sarcastic. I don't mean it. <laughs> I would say, like, thank you. It's been, like, a pleasure to watch you play, to cover your, uh, cover your games, photograph your games. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's definitely sad. To, it's always sad to see players go. And this team has such a fun chemistry um, that, you know, um, thinking specifically of, like, Tim Rack and um, Stengel, who – are you know very vocal people um in their own right and yeah like it's kind of sad they're not going to be around and you, mm. but you hope for the best and kind of wish them the best in whatever's next for each of them mm. yeah which um i think that should be the title of this episode <laughs> i'm just kidding thank you next <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh absolutely not <laughs> Come on, you're such, you know, for somebody who has so much sass and and hot takes and sarcasm, you are too nice. <laughs> I I think I live in p- perpetual fear of offending players or burning bridges, so I just try not to. That's true, but they're gone. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say thank you. Um. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being, you know, just part of the league, not like part of the team, and all the best. Good luck. Thanks for letting me take your photos. Thanks for I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of these players. I mean, a lot of these players have been around, and Stengel and Tim Rack and Harvey are always going to be a part of you know the Utah Royals beginnings you know so Mm -hmm. they'll always have that special connection because of that yeah agreed well next question um jaren asks uh 
it's a it's very short and to the point. 84 already. And yeah, like it's crazy. That's there's a lot of episodes of the show out there now. Um mm. which is exciting. It's you know, I wasn't uh involved in the early days. Um but really respect what uh you and Ryan and Virgil built and yeah, it's fun to see it grow and you know, hopefully be a positive part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, actually. I, I highly enjoy this, what we do, and it's fun. Um, Peggy asks, given, given Scott has been good at spotting young talent, like Michelle Maimone, Gabby Vincent last season, she thinks. Um, so what do you think he should be looking for in this upcoming draft? I'm going to stick with my whole theory that we need more speed up front. So definitely a, you know, an attacker with some speed. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. Um, We have two picks. I think a defensive midfielder would be good. Someone who can maybe develop under... um, uh, Desiree Scott a little bit would be really nice. I felt like when she left uh, with Canada, that was one of the most noticeable um, holes in the on the field was just replacing what everything she did. And maybe you can't get that with what's like a fourth round draft pick. I think um, we just talked about it. Um, yeah, fourth round, 30, 31st overall. Um, but I think. Yeah, I think that is a, is a piece that the team needs to strengthen a little bit. At least have have a solid plan B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, Cyan, I think is how you pronounce this. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Please do discuss the fact that Stengel didn't know she was leaving. It's not something uh, that I want to see my club do. Also, uh, that we need a few big signings, like names, um, to win next season. It's frustrating to see Utah not doing any subs- any, uh, any substantial thing to win next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've kind of echoed that frustration to a level throughout. It's um, of, of the team not making big moves. Again, still early, and we kind of have to wait and see. Um, But if, you know, if the, if the signings we've made and the two draft picks we have are it, then that is, that's a disappointing offseason, um, at least from my perspective. Now that uh, Katie didn't know she was being traded, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know all the etiquette with when you trade a player away, but you would really hope that someone would pick up the phone uh, and try to have a conversation with her about that. Um, Even if it's not asking, you know, like if if this is what she wanted to do, because when you're in this league, it's not, it's not always up to you. Um, Like I, when press was first signed, like I asked her if it was her choice to come to Utah and she said, no, like it wasn't her choice. And Utah was, 
uh, a team she was okay going to. So she was happy about it, but she didn't really have a say. Like she went to, at least she didn't say this, this is the theory, but she went to um, uh, back to Sweden so she wouldn't have to go to Houston because she didn't want to be there. Um, and she didn't really get a say in leaving uh, Chicago. Um, so even a player that big doesn't necessarily get a choice in where they go. But yeah, it's surprising that no one talked to Katie ahead of time. And is is this something that Katie said or is this just like an assumption? I feel like it was a tweet or Instagram post. I can't okay. remember. Um, but I, I think I saw that as well. Okay. Okay. I I don't follow Stangle like on Instagram or I think only on Twitter. And I don't be- – and I remember seeing this particular question and so I went to her Twitter and I didn't see anything of the sort but – Again, I don't I don't follow her Instagram, but um yeah, I'm I'm not honest, I mean, it's it's the world of sports. It's it's a business. It's, I I'm not trying to sound harsh about it at all, but um you know, there there you see it in, in sports where players just find out they got traded. Like it that's just the nature of the business. So um, that's my take on that. But, you know, you would hope that the club would be a lot more considerate to let her know ahead of time, you know? Yeah. You know? But, oh, oh, I know. Yeah. You, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So... I agree. I I do think it's I am with you. I think we've talked about not doing a substantial thing next season. It seems like they're just very, you know, not not content, but like they've just settled with what they got and they're going to work with it, you know, which actually takes me to the next question, because Melly Palacio um, asked. I don't think I lost it, but um Oh, goodness. Where'd it go? I had my translation going. This is what happens when you don't do your homework before a show. (laughs) All right. So Melly actually asked, um, what moves the team intends to make in terms of signings to be able to really compete, not just observe? Um, I have no idea, but I, I think everyone has noticed that, that theme of Utah is not doing enough right now to go after the signings, to make the appropriate trades. I don't think signing players from Sweden is the answer either. So um, that's a good question. And hopefully within the next coming weeks, they will do something that will help Utah be competitive because if you have Laura Harvey last season who wasn't trusting her bench, um, that really tells you about the fact that the talent was lacking from the Laura perspective, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think if we see um, O'Hara healthy, um, like Lytle, uh, Miramontes, um, uh, Ratcliffe, like those players healthy again, Mm. do you think – how important are big signings at that point if those – like if we have – Kelly O'Hara, 
with healthy ankles able to like blaze up and down that uh, <laughs> you know that touchline like how much does that change yeah this team's dynamic yeah i think a lot for sure having one of your core players talented as kelly is and you know we saw she's an incredible player so yeah that definitely does change things but you also need to be able to rely on your bench a lot and I don't think that was the case in Utah at least that it hasn't been the past two seasons like I don't think there is a player that you know at the 60th 70th minute 80th minute even that you can go to your bench and you know they're going to come on the field and and do something I kind of feel like yeah. Tim Rack was that way in 2018, but we didn't really get to see that last season where who are those players? We need I, those players. Yeah. And just thinking about North Carolina that, you know, would sub in a Lynn Williams or Jessica McDonald who could change a game. Like we don't, we don't have that. Like you're totally right. No, not at all. So Yeah. And maybe Parkinson, if he does remain as in that role as leading the team, he may have a different vision um, from what that looks like. So, um, yeah. And another part of Melly's question was, do we know anything about the new coach or they're going to keep Scott? Like we discussed earlier, we right now we our our thought process is probably Scott, but who knows? Yep. All right. Um, Sabrina asks, um, do we still have hope that we are going to make big moves or trades in these uh, in these trades or at least a big, maybe not that big, international with the allocation money? Mm. I feel like we just addressed that. It's a great question, <laughs> and it's clearly the question in everyone's mind. Like, yeah. sure hope so, but we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. I have to wait. I. I would love for them to use their allocation money and go after somebody. Yeah. You know? Do you think they're do you think that they are gonna try to hold on to that uh, money until until they have a head coach in place? Because hmm. like how much how much do you want to build a team if you're gonna bring in a new coach that might want to blow that up? Yeah, that's a good question. And maybe they are waiting. I don't know. Yeah. It would be hard. I mean, Stephanie Lee is behind all of those signings and she has a lot of, but um, yeah, you obviously want coach input because this is the person who's going to build the team. So, yeah. 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 And so um, Sarah responding to Sabrina's tweet says she seconds this. Would like to see what your thoughts on are on this. Are we losing any of our big players? Um, unless something crazy happens. No, I don't believe so. I think everyone's returning. Could we potentially see a trade involving, you know, one of the big player names? Could. Um, I know we've we've, you know, like just joked about O'Hara to Washington for Rose Lavelle. If I mean it's not happening, we have no no basis for this. You know, that's just like a thought, a potential that we in our minds have built up. But um, 
No, there's there's nothing out there to suggest that we're gonna lose like Vero. Vero had her contract like option exercise. She's here for another year. You know, Press, Sauron, O'Hara are allocated players, and unless they request a trade, they're here. So, you know, Scott. I think for the most part, a lot of the big name players are protected. So, yeah. Yeah, I a trade is always a possibility, um, but no no one is just gonna walk at this point. Um, I think everyone is pretty happy here, um, and that's significant. I think that does really go a long way. Uh, I I do think yeah, when it comes to player happiness, Laura Harvey leaving is a loss, but. I do think Scott is also quite quite good at player relations and if he's not if he's not the head coach um then then more feels a little bit up in the air but I think you know barring some big deal that sees possibly you know multiple national team players move I don't think anything significant will happen with big players this this offseason Yeah I'm so I think for now, unless there's some crazy trade, anybody else retires, I think I think we good. Yep. Well, um, any other thoughts in on that topic or any any other Utah Royals topics before we close this out? No, no. I just want to say that I endorse Scott Parkinson for head coach of Utah Royals FC. All right. I mean, I think we can make that a show endorsement at this point. We we all really like Scott. Mm-hmm. We do. <laughs> should that be the episode title? He should, yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, well, thanks. Sure he... oh, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I was, was going to say, um, he listens to the show. He follows the show. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Oh, title. man, that means he's going to hear my impression of him, and that's awful. <laughs> uh, Scott, <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Hopefully he makes it to the end of this one. (laughs) Yeah, most people probably won't. But if you did, kudos. Yep, well, thanks for listening. And everyone have a great uh, evening, great weekend.